Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Nick Colvin, who is the CEO of IE Smart Systems, a technology integration company. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Well, I've known about you for a while through one of my clients and also through one of your current employees who claims you're one of the most amazing leaders she has met. So I was very excited to figure out who is this leader. Oh, that's definitely a nice opening there. No, I uh, definitely appreciate those kind words. Uh, I try my best every day to live up to those words and nothing easy every day, but lead by example, all, all that you can and good things will come. Well, one of the things Laura mentioned is that you're someone that she can trust to keep his word. And I think that is That's important. That's very it, important these yeah. days. You know, it's easy to make promises and, and not to keep them just when, when things become convenient to break a promise it seems to be happening more and more these days. So I really, you know, strive to keep every promise. Sometimes that becomes a little problematic and I've kind of held back a little bit uh, just so I can make sure that I can keep every promise. But I really pride myself on being truthful and transparent along the way. Well, then that might be one of your best practices. As I looked at your success, you know, your company has been on the fast 100 for revenue increases. You succeeded your father as CEO and family succession is one of the hardest things to make work. So I'm just curious, how have you made all that work? A lot of balancing. I think that's the best word, you know, with, with family owned businesses, there's no taking a break away from family. You're, you know, at the dinner table for Christmas and you're going to bring up this client or that client. It's, it's real hard to, to check out at work. And that's really something that your family has to understand too, that they've kind of signed up for. I tell my wife that all the time is like, Hey, you married into this. You know, it's kind of, it is hard just to turn it off. Of course, I try to do my best, but whenever we get around, you know, the extended family, we're, we're talking about work as well. So it's definitely a challenge, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. The pros most definitely outweigh the cons. I've had a lot of opportunities that maybe I wouldn't have gotten elsewhere, mm -hmm. but ultimately it really just takes a lot of balancing. And what's an example of how you balance it? And did you learn it from your father or did you yourself figure this out? Um, it's a good question. So from a balancing, it's really having to do those fam that extra family vacation to really force yourself to disconnect. It's, it's real tough nowadays. I mean, you get just about every notification and demand on your phone that is readily accessible. You, you have to put the phone down and you have to focus on your family when it's family time. And then, uh, you know, set expectations that whenever you get a phone call, the buck stops at you and you have to ultimately deliver for your customers doing all that to provide a better life for you and your family, but also your employees and their family as well. That's really a big motivation for me is providing opportunities for my employees and their families. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you manage expectations. You're doing something as a leader that has people excited to work with you. And, and I read somewhere that you're really big about listening to your own employees like you would with your clients. Yeah, I think, you know, one of my big best practices, there's actually two of them, and that's, you know, perspective and persistence. But mm. the perspective portion of that really pertains both internally and externally. As it relates to your employees, it's more tailored towards understanding what they're doing every day and their function in the company. So you can when you go to hold them accountable. You can understand how they got to that point. 
I often see times where managers will go and drill someone about this question or that question without fully under, understanding from the employee's perspective why they don't have this piece of information is because they have roadblock X, Y, and Z that can come in the way. Um, I think if you can understand some of those roadblock, potential roadblocks ahead of time and really roll your sleeves up to understand the employee's perspective, that'll make you a better leader on multiple fronts. One, your employees see that you're not afraid to get down into the trenches with them. And I think that becomes a reciprocating relationship of respect um, along the way as well. Yeah. And then you also had the challenge of COVID causing a little bit of a remote team situation. Absolutely. What are some ways that you manage that one? Well, you know, what's interesting about COVID is it, it really affected us in a multitude of ways. We do all the technology integration within a building. And what's the first thing that occurred? Well, everyone's going to work from the house. Yeah. So we had those same issues and struggles everyone else did. You had, you know, the, the daily, you know, teams meeting sometime multiple times a day. I mean, we just really push it with as many touch points as possible. And we had guys in the field that were considered first. We, we had employees in the field that didn't have the luxury of working from home. So our teams that were working from home had to manage and keep up with those guys that were out on the front line as the pandemic uh, came on. So lots and lots of touch points, but the big piece that I wanted to get to was we're also, you know, internally, you know, freaking out. So my employees were freaking out as it relates to, you know, oh my gosh, like no one's ever going to go back to the office. That's what our whole company is built off of is the technology within the building. How are we going to survive this? Right. Cause you know, there was a lot of fear mongering on yep. during COVID and, you know, so my, my biggest advice is, you know, stay calm, keep doing, doing your jobs and wait for the opportunity. That opportunity arose with COVID actually, and that was that employers want to enhance the employee experience when they come to the job site. So we actually saw our customers spending more money to enhance that mm -hmm. user or employee experience when they did come to the office or the job. So what, what, what does that mean? That means more investment in their technology to show that there's a benefit to come into the office. So that's more money spent in the collaboration spaces, the multi-purpose rooms, just the whole employee experience there was a lot of uh, input put into that. So, you know, COVID comes on, we all freak out a little bit. Oh my gosh, we're, what's going to happen here? And then we stayed calm, we stayed the course, and then the opportunity presented itself to, okay, now we have an opportunity to double down on this opportunity in a time of crisis. Wow. Well, I can see that you kept everyone else balanced through the fear mongering, as you said, and, and how critical that is. We and didn't then... have a choice. We really didn't have a choice. We had guys you know, that were working in the field and didn't have that opportunity. So we were trying to support them with PPE and keep them as safe as possible from the comforts of our own home. So, you know, I, I often preach to my employees like, hey, we don't have time to really freak out. We have guys that are counting on us in the field that we have to manage to and support. Yeah. And what were they doing that they had to be in the field? So basically a lot of these sites are, are, are new construction. So they're essentially construction workers uh, putting in infrastructure for these technology systems that we're putting in place. Mm -hmm. So these are active job sites that, you know, are, are driven by liquidated damages through, you know, construction delays and all of our contracts, you know, we have set days at the customers to move in and COVID didn't move those dates in. So yeah. we still had contractually, we're contractually obligated to meet those deadlines. Mm -hmm. And then you said, then the opportunity arose with the employee experience and that your company helps with that. Can you, can you give a specific example of what that looks like in an office? Yeah, so, so ways they increase the 
employee experience were creating fun and efficient ways to collaborate while you're on site. They're trying to show the benefit of being there in person at the office. So ways they did this were adding more collaborative spaces, uh, more technology in these rooms, giving them tools in the workplace that they don't have at home, from interactive video walls to ways that you're sharing content amongst the room and, and notating content. Uh, really, it's just providing that in that human interaction coupled with technology to really just make it fun again. Very good. Well, I hear lots of reasons why you have succeeded. So I'm, of course, curious, did you ever struggle as a leader? Delegation was probably my biggest issue. Having to realize that I couldn't do it all myself. I started off in this company on the sales side and then transitioned overseeing operations and eventually to where I'm at today. But, you know, you have a team for a reason. If there are reasons that you're holding on to things, whether it's trust or lack of competency or perceived competency with your employees, you really need to address that first because it's not sustainable to try to attempt to do everything yourself. So whenever I first started in this position, it was literally drinking out of a fire hydrant and I tried to drink too much. Um, mm. and you really have to understand the type of people that you want to surround yourself with and not be afraid to delegate tasks because you will burn out extremely quickly by trying to do it all. And not only that, you're a master of none whenever you're doing that. Nick, what was the specific moment when you realized that? Coming from the sales world, there were still some key clients that I held on to. Yeah. I realized very quickly that. I can't hold on to these forever and personally manage them. I have to find people that I can trust with them. More importantly, one of our core values is ownership mentality. And I needed someone that had ownership mentality as it related to these accounts. That in perspective, put yourself in the customer's shoes every day to make sure the solution you provide uh, will lead uh, to a good outcome for that customer. So I almost convinced myself I was always looking for a unicorn, but Really, it was just putting some effort into finding that right person and making sure I could trust them and delegating uh, those those key customers to those individuals. So you, at some point, were sleep deprived or at some point you realized, oh, I now have the right person I can now delegate? No, honestly, I would just... I, would run myself ragged, you know, 70, 80 hour work weeks. Uh, yes, sleep deprived probably is up there, but I mean, I'm very honest and blunt. Like a lot of late nights, you know, I, I typically did do everything, you know, myself sometimes that I, that I should have been delegating, but again, realizing that was unsustainable and it would take a, ultimately take a toll on my family made me kind of have that reality check. Ah, so the high moment might've been your wife saying enough already. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it's funny, there's, there's someone out, uh, a counselor or someone out there that I've heard on the radio that says, you know, it takes about two years for anyone to kind of get reacclimated to a new change of scenery, whether it's a job and whatnot. My wife brought that up and said, well, Nick, it's been four years. Like, well, what's going to change? I said, well, honey, whenever I get a phone call, it's the buck stops with me. So I've got to address the issue of why it keeps coming to me. So that could have been, you know, some of the people that I was delegating to weren't ha handling the task and, uh, Ultimately, I have, to, I have to address that. Very good. So then I'm also curious, the succession planning with your dad, did, did he delegate effectively or how did you manage to take over the reins? Because a lot of fathers really cannot let go. Yeah, I can definitely, definitely see how that, that occurs often. Honestly, I think one of the things that differentiates me from my father, he'd be the first one to tell you is I'm, I'm a good um, facilitator. I can 
walk into a room, understand what, what two parties need and come to a common solution internally, externally. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't waste our time picking apart things when there's a bigger focus and goal to accomplish by everyone involved. So I, yeah, I really credit it to just being a good facilitator. And I think that's, let's, let's not focus on this one little issue. Let's, let's just make a decision. And yeah, we wasted $500 of everyone's time right here, but we have a half a million dollar issue right here. And this is where all of our attention should be. So let's put that behind us. Let's focus here and let's carry on. That, that approach I think has gotten me where I'm at today and uh, allowed my father to have the comfort to let go of the reins and understand that I will take his legacy in the future. On top of that, you actually did extremely well with increasing the revenue of the company. Our team increased at 50% of the first year I took over, which also was coupled with growing pains. So there was nothing easy about that when people say, you know, hey, we want to turn on the sales machine. Well, you need to have an operations that can back that up. Um, yeah. Operations is your biggest selling tool, and it's also the first tool that will you know, make you never have a job again uh, with that customer. So yeah. operation sells. That's my motto, operation sells. Very good. Well, as we start to wrap up the show, you obviously made it through the COVID crisis, and I'm sure there'll be other crises in the future. What would you say is a good tip to make it through? Stay calm, keep doing what you know how to do, and wait for the opportunity because there's going to be one that presents itself. There, there really will be, and sometimes it's not right there in front of you, but just stay the course, be patient, and keep doing what you do well. Yes. And you, of course, have all the technology to also help people through crisis, because it seems like a lot of crisis right now is around technology. So Absolutely. If, it, if they want to know more about your company, they can go to iesmartsystems.com. I will put that in the description as well. But thank you so much for being willing to share your leadership insights and for continuing to lead the way you do. And best wishes to you and your team. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.